people love them a project sometimes, Josh. They like to keep themselves busy. Sometimes they bite off more than they can chew. Which is pretty easy to do because <laughs> you get, uh, you know, the grandiose ideas. My wife runs into this with me when she wants me to hang a picture on the wall. Now, look, admittedly, sometimes I am the king of over-engineering something. <laughs> but I'm like, so you want to hang it here? And how heavy is this? And is the hook rated for it? All that kind of stuff. I think when you do something that requires some thought, some people put more or less into it. But you're always trying to figure out like the size and the scope of what you're trying to do because that really informs level of effort and everything in your life that way, you know? Yeah. So let's uh, let's talk about this idea a little bit. Let's talk about the idea of uh, size and scope and how it relates maybe to everyday life and business. And maybe we'll even go into the gaming world a little bit. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> Launch out onto, <laughs> you know, Josh is waving his hands. I say, launch out onto the loop <laughs> as we discuss this today on Curiosity Continuum. Hey, everybody, this is Josh. And this is Brian. Welcome to the podcast for Curiosity Continuum. Curiosity Continuum is an ever-growing collection of content designed to ignite your creative talents and power up your critical thinking skills. Master your world by learning the essentials needed to thrive in this century. We share conversations that explore, examine, and reframe practical topics that help you learn something new and apply what you already know in a new way in a constantly changing world. And be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app to receive notifications of new content. If you like what you hear and want to dive deeper into the otherworldly things that we do. Be sure to sign up for our newsletter by visiting us at www.curiositycontinuum.com. Thanks for tuning in, and let's start the conversation. All right, Brian, so you had this idea. We, we kind of both were talking about this, this idea of size and scope. Like, uh, relates to projects in, like, the business world and things like that a little bit. So maybe you can kind of pull it to where you wanted to start talking about it. Sure, and I'll start with a non-business example. I think it was somebody in, like, my business past that said, you know, like, that feels like you're hunting sparrows with shotguns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, if you've ever <laughs> seen a sparrow and you've seen a shotgun, it's like, yeah, kind of overpowered for something. Oftentimes, when people are asking the question first about, like, even figuring out what needs to be done, you're trying to get a gauge of the world. Now, it doesn't have to be exact, but you want like horseshoes and hand grenades. And in some industries, it's called like the rough order of magnitude, a ROM. It's how generally big is this thing? Right. And this happens actually, um, and I'll kind of pull this a little bit uh, uh, the way that I understand it a little better, but like in the gaming industry with developers a lot, where they call it feature creep, where you just keep thinking like, oh, this game is, what is this game going to be? And then you just start like, adding on more things because creative people just want to keep adding things on and they just want to like, it never stops. Right. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And all of a sudden somebody's going to come and go, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. <laughs> this has uh, exceeded the budget by many times. So let's figure out <laughs> what we need to do. And that's what happens in business a lot. Right, Brian? The, yeah. Time and money and resources. Yep. Yeah. Scarcity you know, of things really, right? Like things that are scarce, you know, yeah. budget, budget and resources. I mean, don't you wish that we all had infinite, things to be able to go do stuff. But you know what, though? I, even though that, that leaves my mouth, it makes me go, you know what? That would actually be not helpful. Because no. as Josh and I have talked about before, there's a lot of creativity that happens within constraints. Like you fact, have some, to... Yeah, some of the best creative things happen within constraints. And some of the best problem solvers never had the option to say like, I don't know, I had no choice to figure it out. 
there's some folks who are some of the most successful people and they had a rough childhood or something. And, you know, like they basically had to start working at like age eight or, you know, younger, somehow contributing to the family. And like you, sometimes they get asked like, well, why did you do this or that? They go, I didn't have a choice. Like, that's what I had to do. Right. It forced them into like, how do I make this work? How do I start to do this? It got the brain going in the right direction. Sure. So let's uh, pull it back to what you were talking about before. So you were talking about how this could just kind of get away from folks pretty fast, huh? Some people are, depending how you look at it, will say, I need to understand every little detail first before I see the big picture. And other people are like, you know, I get the big picture, but I don't worry about details, you know? And there's a, there's a good, like, working together here where yeah. understanding both those things in collaboration works well. So especially in a business, the first question out of your mouth is saying, who am I serving? Right? Right. Businesses don't exist because they don't have customers. They do. And there's business for all different kinds of things. It's like grass mowing. It's plumbing. It's, you know, I provide a technology platform whatever it might be. There's a certain need that's being filled by the product or the service without that layer. You don't really have a business. And I would argue that if you don't have the customers, that you don't have the business because there's not the revenue. But before we start to say like, now let's talk about requirements. Let's talk about framing the need. Right. Sounds like, well, isn't that easy? It's like, it's actually not easy. Sometimes it's not. I always think about this in a way, I always like to, I'm at the engineer's mind, so I always want to think what the product will be. And like Brian said, think about what your need is fulfilling. And then I back it up. How do I get there? And I do it myself all the time, but I do it in as few steps possible and with as easy as possible for myself. And that's really what businesses are trying to do, right, Brian? Yeah. And sometimes they get wrapped around the creative axle or like, what if this could be this? And it's good to explore that. But if you're not... And it can be that. It might just not be that right away. Right. So you need to go like, what is it? What would it look like today? Because remember, like... Nothing in, in life is like one and done and I'm good. Right. It's, it's Nothing's like, in a vacuum. Yeah. If I if I said to my dog, like, hey, you know, I got you, I walked you once, we're good. Like that does not <laughs> no, that works. Your dog will prove you wrong at some point during the day. <laughs> it's like I have other needs. It's like, no, I already walked. Right. <laughs> Let's think about this. Some of the best things that you can do is to frame those things that we talked about at the very beginning. Like, and what time would we like to do this? How many people do we even think? Is it is it really everybody? Is it like some people? What is the you know available uh, money that we have? Right, that informs a lot of things. Well, Talking yeah. to my son about cars and things like that, you know, he loves Lamborghinis, but there's a high likelihood that Lamborghini will not be his first car. <laughs> not in <laughs> his know? near future, we yeah. should say. It might be a Corolla. I'm just kind of maybe foreshadowing that a little bit, but <laughs> and it might be Brian's Corolla. <laughs> <laughs> my Corolla. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it may be, it's like now it's like, did I meet the requirement of getting you from point A to point B? You know, are you contributing money for gas, money for insurance? Are you driving to a job? How is it being used? One of the best things that if you are the person who would like to maybe kick off something is like you're helping frame the reality of what could be. The worst thing you can do is like, hey, I made this thing really awesome in my own mind and then like you don't tell anybody about it and then try to convince people that's a good idea. Right. 
I mean, it's always good to have it good in your own mind because then at least you're behind the project, you know? <laughs> yeah, or enough of an idea where it's like, I think this could work. Now, yeah. when we talk about collaboration, it's kind of like refining that idea. There's a different way of saying, like, some people approach the table differently. It's like, how can I say no to this? Like, they come to the table. Right. Some a lot people, of people do that. Yeah. Yep. But some people are going like, how could I say yes? And I think it's important to recognize that difference. You know, how should I say no to this? Or why should I say yes to it? Those are very different conversations. And that could fill plenty of time to actually talk about that. Right. And for like for me personally, whenever I approach something like this, I'm always like, how can I say yes? I'm always trying to like figure out, first of all, you kind of like do that mental exercise. Is this going to be a good fit? But you always like, okay, well, how can I say yes to this? Because this sounds awesome, right? Yeah. So even if I have to change up some of my expectations, and that's part of size and scope, I might do that because it'll get me started, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's easy just to start and then iterate the process. You'll you'll have things that happen along the way. That's part of it. So. I think one of my favorite more recent-ish cinema stories is Lord of the Rings. Now, when Peter Jackson brought that thing forward, nothing like this had ever been done as far as like, let's like basically get all the folks together for like, what was it, 18 months, Josh? Like they just... Yeah, because they filmed all three at the same time. All three. That's a lot of principal photography, folks. I mean, that is Herculean in size to be able to try to do that. And not only that, they did the work prior in New Zealand to get the Shire to look the way it did in Hobbiton. Yeah. Whole lot of stuff they had to do to make this thing work. Make it look old. Yeah. Right. Now they made a big bet. They said like, we're going to go big or like they literally would have to go home because if Lord of the Rings had not made money in, in the first movie, New Line Cinema would have had to have claimed bankruptcy. Yeah. Cause they were on the verge of bankruptcy. Yep. They were like, Oh my gosh, here we go. Now the way the story plays out is that, you know, the Fellowship of the Ring blew it out of the water. And they basically paid for all the effort they put in for the other two movies in that mm-hmm. first movie. That's a nice position to be in. But, you know, Peter Jackson had to approach it. Now, fortunately, they had, like, the source material from Lord of the Rings. It wasn't, they weren't, like, creating something from new, but, like, we kind of have this. We're going to adapt it, right? It's not always something brand new. Sometimes it's just adapting something that you got to do. Right. They said, what are we going to do? What do we cut out? What do we do? Blah, blah, blah. Let's cast. And here we go. And Peter realized very quickly that if this is going to be cohesive, we could just do it all at once. And some people said, let's try it. It could have gone real bad. (laughs) In fact, yeah. I mean, when you think about it, he saved a lot of money for the company. You know, because pulling all these people together once every, like, what, three years for a decade probably would have cost a lot more money. Yes. Plus, they would have to redo uh, their salaries every time they made so much more money. You know? Yeah, it was one contract negotiation. Some of those things, like you have to kind of outlay, again, like Josh said, the end result, what's going to happen here? And then you build the story backwards. And, you know, like so many times I have just thought of where I wanted to be. And, well, how do I do that? Well, here I am now. And I just go, well, I'd have to do this, 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 and this. But I'm pulling it back to where like, okay, so now I understand where the holes are, what I need to fill in. That's a really great way just to say, it's going to look like about like this in the end. Realize that depending on how people are wired, they're going to say, I need every little detail first. Some people are going to be like, why haven't we started yesterday? Other folks are going to be like, you know, my job is to ring out the risk. So how do I, my default is no, you have to get me to yes. 
Some people's is like, I'm yes, you have to convince me to be no. Once you understand right. kind of how people yeah. are approaching it and what their responsibilities are in your personal life or in a business, especially like, what is your responsibility? Well, my job is to make sure that, you know, like the wheels don't come off the bus and we have money in the bank. It's like, <laughs> I have a lot of chief financial officers that I know and I love. A lot of them though, their default answer is no. It's like, justify this to me so I can say yes. Right. And then you have some visionary CEOs or creative teams like, this is the best thing since sliced bread. In fact, this is going to be better than sliced bread. I've already done all this work and look at this. This is going to be great. Yes. Yes. Do I have yes? You know, people are looking for that and finance is like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, And it's at that point where it's like, okay, where do we even start to come together? It's like, let's describe what this would look like in the end. And then let's say, how can we get there? There is no like, 100% 100% right answer. Like, this is how you do it. But there no. are definitely guidelines and things that you can do for it. Part of it is understanding where somebody's coming from in their context into the context of what you're trying to do. And that's going to help you be more functional from go. I honestly don't have much more to add to that one, Brian. I have said it all, ladies and gentlemen. We can just mark this off. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> mark this day on the calendar. Yes. I've left Brian's Josh speechless. Day. please no no No, but uh no but i think that's a great thing to talk about where you know you start you talk about the end result what is it going to be can i do it basically is it possible what is this going to entail and collaborating with others which is important in this because you can't do it by yourself even though you might try you're going to need help and that requires teamwork I'm thinking of all these songs that my children listened to when they were little about teamwork, but true. There's a reason we listen to those songs when we're young because our parents want to instill upon us that it's important, right? Right. And And sometimes we lose lose sight of that as an adult sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. Because you've been disillusioned by like when you're in high school and you have that group project. And And you did it all. (laughs) Yeah. And there's that person in the group like not doing crack diddly. But they got the same score as you. Yeah. yeah, And if you thought like, man, this group project's easy. I did nothing. I got a grade. Like you were that person that was like riding the (laughs) coattails. Josh and me doing the freaking work. (laughs) That was one of the things I actually liked about choosing projects, right? Like if we got to choose partners and Brian and I happen to be in the same class, at least if we chose each other, we would at at least know that two people were going to be working. Right? Oh, yes. Yep. It's always helpful when you can like pick pick your team. You yeah. Know? Sometimes you always can't, but this is near and dear to me just because I have children in school and uh, when I hear about like, this is how group projects win, I'm like, yes, I remember that day. Yes. <laughs> it yep. doesn't get any easier in adult life, but just know that you're learning skills that are going to at least get you thinking as you enter your adult. I think it's probably a pretty good place to put on comma, huh, Brian? Yeah. So... Until next time, this is Brian. And this is Josh. For Curiosity Continuum.